Well, it's that time of the week. Let's dive into another busy Big 12 football week, both on and off the field. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you as Boy, there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. Uh, Where do we want to start? I think where we have to start is with Texas Tech hiring Joey McGuire. And I don't know about you, but I have no idea what kind of head coach Joey McGuire is going to be. I think it's a really solid hire for Texas Tech. You get a Texas guy through and through. I mean, Joey McGuire, what this guy did, it was a great hire by Matt Rule, by the way. Matt Rule brings him on after an incredible career. At Cedar Hill, as a high school coach, uh, won multiple state championships. Matt Rule goes to Baylor, and he's like, I know I'm a good coach, but I really don't know the state of Texas when it comes to recruiting. So Matt Rule, being a smart guy, goes, I need a guy like Joey McGuire. And he brings on Joey McGuire to be the tight ends head coach. And then he rises to the ranks, associate head coach, defensive end, stays on with Dave Aranda, And now he's the Texas Tech head coach. He's got a six-year, $20 million deal. Uh, I think it's considering what Tech's options were realistically going to be. And not, you know, I don't even need to add that caveat. I do think Joey McGuire is a really good hire. Never been a head coach at this level, of course, but I think one thing we learn, uh, and, and we should have known to be the case for a very long time, is football is football, 11 guys, Um, On one side, 11 guys on the other side, the schemes are going to work or they're not going to work, and away we go. And you put the right people around you at offensive and defensive coordinator, and you really have something going. But the thing that stood out to me in seeing Jerry McGuire, I know I'm going to make that mistake, by the way. (laughs) I was waiting for it. When I'm writing articles about Jerry McGuire, I, I keep saying to myself, don't write Jerry, don't write Jerry, don't write Jerry. And I haven't done it yet. All right, but I know it's going to happen, and you guys can call me out on it when you see an article that refers to Jerry Maguire. But <laughs> and I do it what two minutes into the show, into the podcast. Oh goodness! All right. So uh, what I like the most about Jerry Maguire is that he absolutely loves Texas, understands Texas, and uh, gets West Texas. I mean, this guy was all rah, rah, guns up, let's go, wreck them. And that's just not something like uh, Matt Wells did it. But let's be honest, like when Matt Wells did it, did anybody think he was doing it for any other reason than, well, this is the team that like was paying him money to do it? Did anyone really believe in it, buy into it? Did it seem super genuine or was he just kind of like, guns up, wreck them? Matt Wells seemed like a really good guy. I interviewed him multiple times on this show. He took the interview. I love that about him, and I appreciate that about him. But listen to what Joey McGuire, just part of what he had to say when he was being introduced, when he was talking about this job and talking about uh, what his plans were for Texas Tech football. Here was the new head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders, Joey McGuire. This is... uh... This is incredible. Uh, I would, uh, my, my daughter wouldn't let me uh, forget this if I didn't start it this way. And, and so I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to back up so I won't be so loud. But we're going to start this thing off right. Raider! Power! Raider! Power! 
Man, I've been waiting all my life to do that. That's passion. That's Texas. That's Texas Tech is what that is. And I, that's just the kind of enthusiasm. And I don't, I don't sit in here saying it's smoke and mirrors. I don't believe it is. But that's just what the Texas Tech fan base needs right now. A guy who proved his recruiting chops under Matt Rule, under Dave Aranda, built this way up to associate head coach, Texas high school football coaching uh, star before that. This is the guy for the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Just makes perfect sense. It's a really good fit. Tech is never going to have the options of hiring a coach that the Longhorns or A&M are going to have, right? They're just not, and Tech will tell you that. So when you can get your hands on a guy like this, like a Joey McGuire, it just feels right. It feels like it fits. And I'm happy for everybody involved that this is how things have worked out. And it was the right move at the right time. See how he can recruit. You got a month left until the early signing period. And that's why these moves happen when they happen. I mean, I've seen uh, coaches and and, uh, Chris Kleiman said this last week, kind of bemoaned the fact that, well, you know, it's a shame that coaches and coordinators, you know, get let go midseason. I mean, it's it's the landscape right now. You got an early signing period. That's when players want to sign. So if you're going to make a move, you got to make a move. You can't wait till the end of the season. I mean, that's, yeah, I guess it's sad, but guess what? Coaches are getting paid millions of dollars a year. Uh, there's buyouts for oftentimes millions of dollars. Like, no one's losing any sleep and no one's having a lot of sympathy for uh, a coach that got paid millions of dollars, lost a lot of games, and then got millions of dollars to go away. Like, you're, you're looking for sympathy in the wrong place if you're a coach in the college football world. I, I, I know it's cutthroat. Maybe it oftentimes is unfair, but I, the idea that the average working stiff is going to sit around feeling bad for you, no, no, we're not. Okay, we're not. Sorry. Uh, so I'm uh, excited for Texas Tech on this front. I think it's going to be a, 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 I think it is a very solid hire, very good hire, and I'm excited to see what Joey McGuire can do. Joey, Joey, Joey McGuire can do for the Red Raiders here going forward. Now we also have to dive into and talk about the college football playoff rankings. The second edition of those came down the other night. And, oh, boy, this committee is just, I mean, I've been saying it for seven years. This committee, it doesn't matter who's on it. doesn't matter what the deal is. They kiss Ohio State's ass. They shortchange the Big 12. And they're just, they're, they're so... Week to week, hypocritical, nonsensical. It's just ridiculously stupid at this point. You know, I mean, and even watching Tuesday night when they announced the rankings between, uh, they did it between the two college basketball games that were taking place. The first game was Kansas, of course. They won that game. And uh, then they did the college football playoff rankings. And it just, even listening to like Kirk Herbstreet and David Pollock and some of these guys talk about it, it feels like they're kind of over this. Like, you can just hear it in their voices. They're like, this is so dumb. We're debating rankings when, first off, they're oftentimes not making much sense. And secondarily, there's so much in front of us. What's the point of this exercise? They know it's for TV. It's to create debate. It's to create conversation. And, yeah, we'll do all that, too. But Kirk Herbstreet especially just sounded exasperated. 
You know what else? Before I get to the rankings, they sounded exasperated by the stupidity of Joey Galloway. Boy, is he an idiot. This guy is just so dense. It's like stunning to me that he's a prominent college football voice there at ESPN. He's just not a bright dude. Just not a bright. And like you can hear it in the way that they talk to uh, Joey Galloway. Like, Joey, I mean, it's kind of like how they treat Lee Corso sometimes. The difference is Lee Corso is like 170 years old and is barely stringing together coherent sentences at this point. I don't know what Galloway's excuse is. I can't figure it out. But anyway, college football playoff rankings, uh, top four, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Ohio State. Got to love Ohio State. They love Ohio State. Oregon, the Pac-12 is a joke, but they beat Ohio State, so they have to put Oregon over Ohio State if they want to prop up Ohio State, which they want to do. Cincinnati up to five. Uh, Okay. We're looking out for Cincinnati. That's our future Big 12 brother there, so we're going to do our best to make sure they're taken care of. You get Oklahoma at number eight, Oklahoma State at number 10, and Baylor at number 13. So Baylor, of course, lost to TCU. They only dropped one spot to number 13. I was surprised by that. The reason I was surprised by it is because I feel like Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are getting shortchanged by the committee, and then Baylor is getting maybe a little more love than it deserves coming off that loss to TCU. They only fell one spot, and I know TCU, Chandler Morris, a rivalry game, but, like, that's a bad loss. It's a bad loss. I, I don't think TCU is very good. I do think Charlie Morris appears to be an upgrade over Max Duggan. But I, And it's a rivalry, so anything can happen. Playing for Coach Patterson, I, I get all that. But I, it's a bad loss. And Baylor falls one spot. But then you look at Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And, and Oklahoma, don't get me wrong, Oklahoma's had its issues. But they're still sitting there undefeated. And, yes, there's a lot left in front of OU. They've got arguably the toughest part of their schedule here to wrap up the season at Baylor versus Iowa State at Oklahoma State. But you still look at what they've done thus far. They're undefeated. And, yes, they've had their struggles. Tulane, Nebraska. You know who else just struggled, by the way, uh, with Nebraska? Ohio State. I'm just saying. I'm just saying they, they struggled with Nebraska, did they not? All right. Uh, did they not? They Oh, yeah, they struggled. And you look at Oregon. I mean, Oregon lost to Stanford. It's a terrible loss. Kansas State stomped on Stanford. And we know, you know, what Oklahoma did to Kansas State. So I, 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 I don't understand it. It all ties back to whatever the, the obsession, the weird fantasy-like obsession is with Ohio State. I I can't figure it out. My goodness. And then, of course, uh, you look at Oklahoma State, who is a one-loss team. And Oklahoma State, you know, you compare any of these one-loss teams. I sit here and I say to myself, okay, Oklahoma State has really good wins. You know, they've beaten Texas on the road, uh, beat K-State in the top 25, beat Baylor, who's ranked 13th, beat a tough Boise State team on the road dominated West Virginia, who was coming off of two straight wins on the road. They've done all that, and they have a tough loss to an Iowa State team that I think is worthy of a top 25 ranking right now, but just isn't getting it. And they're 10th, and they're behind Notre Dame, one loss, Michigan State, one loss, Michigan, one loss, Ohio State, one loss, Oregon, one loss, Alabama, one loss. I'm just not sitting here convinced that Oklahoma State 
out of all these one-loss teams, is the sixth best one-loss team in the country. I'm, I'm not. I'm not convinced of that right now. So I think Oklahoma State's getting a little shortchanged as well. Now, like I said, it'll all work itself out, or will it? I don't know. Ask TCU and Baylor from 2014 if it'll all work itself out. <laughs> you convinced that's the case? Because I'm sure as heck not. I'm not. I, I can't figure out this committee and then Michigan being over Michigan State when Michigan State beat Michigan two weeks ago because Michigan State lost to Purdue. What like what is that all about? I, it just it's it's frustrating to talk about this committee and and their decisions because it just it it ebbs, it flows, it doesn't make much sense half the time, and then we sit here and say, What are you doing? I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is of course how you find us. Um and how you join us every day. ton of content up on the site. Coming up, we will do our Big 12 Power Rankings. Coming up next, right here on heartlandcollegesports.com. And before we get to those Power Rankings, I want to ask you guys, as always, to leave us a rating and a review on this show. It really does help more than you realize. That's why we've got a free Heartland College Sports koozie Waiting for you when you leave that rating and review. And send me a screenshot of your rating and review on iTunes. To Pete Mundo, that's M-U-N-D-O at heartlandcollegesports.com. It's it's one of those little things that makes a big difference and a bigger difference than you realize. So thank you guys for doing that. For those of you that have, if you're new, uh, we greatly appreciate you taking literally 60 seconds out of your day. Do it, and I've got those koozies coming your way. Fresh order is here, and they're ready to be sent out. So thank you guys for doing it, and um, really means the world to us. So it's that time of the week we get you set for our power rankings here in the Big 12 Conference. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. It is great to be here with you for another week. All right, the power rankings. Well, we've had some consistency finally with the number one team in the Big 12, and that is the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Uh, Let's be honest, the Pokes. The way this team is playing defensively right now is unfreaking believable They held West Virginia 2.5 yards per carry. 0.5 yards per carry. I mean, you can't make it up, these numbers, from this Jim Knowles defense. Uh, 24-3 victory over the Mountaineers. They maintain the top spot here. I know OU fans are going to say, we're undefeated. OU has the toughest part of its schedule remaining here down the stretch, as we talked about earlier. And we're going to see actually what this Sooners team is made of starting this weekend, taking on the Baylor Bears. So I've got Oklahoma State in the top spot, especially since Spencer Sanders coming around at that quarterback position. Got to be encouraged by that. At number two, yes, the Oklahoma Sooners coming off a bye week. So no reason to move them off of that number two spot where they were last week, especially based on how Caleb Williams, the true freshman, is playing at quarterback. And the fact that this team is, yes, undefeated. And they are, what, uh, six-time defending champs. So uh, no doubt about it. OU at number two, but the schedule gets much more difficult. Baylor, Oklahoma State, Iowa State still to be played. Number three, I'm moving Iowa State up after dominating Texas last weekend. Of course, mostly in the second half when they held UT scoreless. And Iowa State's still right in that Big 12 race, especially after Baylor's bad loss. So you've got uh, Iowa State which has been unfortunately a little too inconsistent this year. But overall, you've got to like where this team is. You're entering the midway point in November. 
with a chance to win a conference title and play for a conference title. I mean, let's be honest. If that's a disappointing season for Iowa State, and if you told Iowa State fans that was going to be disappointing for them, they'd say, sign me up for that kind of disappointment sometime in my lifetime. Well, guess what? Here you are. So enjoy it. You've got still an opportunity, a real opportunity to make a Big 12 championship game, possibly win it, and let's see what happens. Away we go. All right, at number four, the Baylor Bears. Of course, coming off that bad loss, and it was a bad loss to TCU. I don't know if they got caught looking ahead to OU a little bit or what it was, but they flopped against a TCU team that was playing with emotion. Rivalry game, Coach Patterson out, new quarterback, Chandler Morris playing You know, in his first, first college start. The Oklahoma transfer looked absolutely phenomenal. What do you have, over 400 passing yards? 70 rushing yards, three scores. I mean, it was very, very strong stuff from uh, Chandler Morris. So Baylor moves down from number two to number four this week. At number five, Kansas State is sliding up the Wildcats in the five hole, as that's mostly because of what happened below them. But, you know, we said three weeks ago, four weeks ago, when K-State was on a three-game losing streak and they were 3-3, three and 0-3 three, oh and three in Big 12 play, Relax. Oklahoma or Kansas State's schedule was front loaded. This is where many of us thought they would be, sitting at six and three with three games left to play. Kansas State has a chance to go eight and four. That's where Kansas State football should be seven and five, eight and four, and once every few years pop up and compete for a conference title. They rolled Kansas over the weekend. They've got West Virginia, Baylor, and Texas winning two of those three games is far from inconceivable, and that's that's where Kansas State football should be, and that's where it looks like they will be under Chris Kleiman, barring something unforeseen. They lose three straight, different story, but that has not happened yet, and there's no reason to believe that it will happen. At number six, we've got the uh, TCU Horn Frogs in the six hole. We talked about that huge win, Chandler Morris, a big reason for it. And I don't know if Morris started because Gundy was gone, if Jerry Kill did this just because he thought Morris gave him the best chance, if it was because, you know, Duggan's dealing with a slight uh, leg injury, all the above. I have no idea. Uh, you know, everyone's saying it's injury-related. I, 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 you know. Duggan was playing, and this team was competing for a Big 12 title. Yeah, let's see. But either way, TCU deserves to move up from number nine. Great win over Baylor. Shocking win over Baylor. And now let's see what happens as they go on and take Oklahoma State, who has one of the best defenses in America this weekend. Let's see how that goes for Chandler Morris. Number seven, the West Virginia Mountaineers falling from number four last week. The uh, Mountaineers had won two games in a row. They've now come crashing back down to earth. After that 24-3 loss, averaging a half a yard per carry, Jared Dagey got sacked eight times. That doesn't help matters either. And that WVU offensive line, which has made some strides, did struggle mightily on Saturday. So that may need a little more and may be a little bit more of a work in progress than we had originally thought based on how things were trending the last couple of weeks. At number eight, the Texas Longhorns down from five. Uh, these are tough times for Texas. They've now lost four games in a row for the first time in 11 years. Uh, if you told Texas fans at halftime of the Oklahoma game they would lose that game and then lose three more in a row, they'd call you crazy or drunk or both, crazy and drunk, I don't know. 
and they'd be right to be like, ah, no way. But that's where we are after the loss to Iowa State names. And then there's the off-field drama, Jeff Banks, Monkey Gate. You got the defensive line coach um, laying into players after the game in a rant that was not, uh, I mean, you know, there were some curse words in it. It wasn't safe for work. I can't air it here on the show because this show also airs on radio, not just podcast. But if you haven't seen it, by the way, I mean, it is, whew, boy, it, it's up on the website, um, heartlandcollegesports.com. But it is just, uh, let's just put it this way. Coach Bo Davis, defensive line coach, laid into some of these players, saying some of you MFers should hit the transfer portal. He's probably not wrong, by the way. He's probably not. But, you know, it's just more drama. Because one of the players, by the way, recorded the audio of it. Yes, one of the players recorded the audio of it. And then it leaked on social media. I mean, that's a terrible look. And, yeah, that player should probably hit the transfer portal. But it's just more drama. Joshua Moore, wide receiver, is leaving the program. It's just not a pretty scene right now in Austin. So they're at number eight in the power rankings. At number nine, the Texas Tech Red Raiders. They moved down a spot despite their bye week, only because of how the teams in front of them have played as of late. So Tech is uh, at nine this week. They got a tough three games starting with Iowa State this weekend. And at number 10, the Kansas Jayhawks. So uh, after pulling, nearly pulling off that huge upset against OU, it's been ugly since then against Oklahoma State and Kansas State. There are your Big 12 power rankings heading into week 11 in the Big 12 football season. I'm Pete Mundo. And that wraps it up for today. We've got our picks, of course, coming your way uh, tomorrow. So be sure to subscribe to this show. That way you don't miss our picks against the spread coming your way tomorrow right here on the show. All right, hit that subscribe button. Leave that rating and review. It's how you get a free Heartland College Sports Koozie. And we're sending them out for free. The only way to get it, leave a rating and a review on iTunes. Send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you uh, tomorrow.